Welcome to Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Each and every week we get to talk to new and exciting people about whatever is on their mind and what's important to them, whether it's health, overcoming addiction, spirituality, finding God, uh, politics, conspiracy, you name it, we cover it. So it's an honor and a blessing to have you join us. I look forward to meeting you and thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Today, I have a wonderful, beautiful guest with me for episode number 100, Miss Mara Johnson. She is here to talk about her daughter, Maddie. So this is called Maddie's Story. Welcome, Miss Mara. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm so honored that you are here with me today because... There are so many people out here that need to hear Maddie's story Mm. and what occurred with her, um, what your life was like before anything happened, Mm -hmm. and what it has been since and what it will be going forward. So tell me a little bit about Miss Maddie herself. So Maddie was, when this all started, was 20. She was a pre-med student. She was at Chapman University doing quite well, and um, her sophomore year, she had chosen to do something called COPE Health Scholars, which allowed her to be a volunteer on a curriculum base uh, rather than just going in and and volunteering on all the different floors wherever they need you. It was a little more in-depth. Right. That said, she was getting her clinical hours to um, enroll in med school, and um, Later in her sophomore year, or that spring actually of the sophomore year, is when the pandemic hit. So all of the um, volunteers were let go, with the exception of Cope Health Scholars. So Maddie was basically one of the frontline workers that that um, volunteered her time throughout the entire pandemic. Um, she's always been interested in science, um, or, or had wanted to be a doctor, or kind of had like tossed up of a couple things, whether it was mm-hmm. research or that. And then around, um, around actually really during the pandemic is when she really fell in love with um, neonatal or the labor and delivery. So it was definitely going to be about mamas and babies. That, right. that was her and still is her very, very, very happy place. So the ti- especially the tiny ones, the one that need mm-hmm. a little extra something. Right. So, and whenever she wasn't on those floors, um, she would be helping in the COVID units running the um, tests for the nurses because, as you well know, they were getting pretty worn out by the time it was coming around, you know, January, December 2021, December 2021, January 2022, or 2021, I'm sorry. It was, it's all blurring now. The last three years are just one big freaking blur. So if I mess I up can dates, imagine. I just can't keep my shit together. Um but at that point in time, those nurses were, they were beat up because right. they had been working so much. And so Maddie thought that she was, you know, pulling her part and, and taking care of people and taking care of us at home. That's why she chose to do it. Um, we didn't really discuss it a whole bunch. She was really like, hey, I'm one of the youngest ones in the county. I'm, I'm going to do this for my people. And um, when she, the little tiny bit of research she did do was basically all the stuff that we know as far as about what they allowed us to see with, from the government standpoint, which was, right. you know, a little bit of fevers and tired and headache and nausea and 
you know, Mm -hmm. all that. So those things didn't really scare her. She was like, okay, you know, I've had vaxes before, so let's do this. Right. And so there we have it. So Maddie, in a nutshell, she's always been an incredible overachiever. So that's an important part of the story because that changes as it as the story goes on. So and she so also had me, a photographic memory. So let's not forget that part. I was going to say, tell me a little bit about um, before she decided to go in the Cope Scholar program and and go on the pre med track. What was what was Maddie like growing up as far as uh, schoolwork and curriculum goes? So she has never been less than perfect. That was not from me. That was from her. Um, I never once pushed her. I never needed to. And matter of fact, we would talk about, hey, you need to back up a bit. Relax. Yeah. (laughs) That's my daughter too. I don't know. Like, (laughs) chill out a titch. Um, She graduated top of her class. She applied to 17 schools. She got into nearly every one. Um, She... Since she was born, I mean, she was interested in science. His sisters would, you know, go pick flowers and she would bring them and go and open it up so you could see what's inside. Like mm-hmm. or pull leggies <laughs> off of little bugs and be like, ew. Um, she was always interested in the question when she was, um, I want to say, so when they first started transferring, like changing classes. So she was a um, sixth grade and she was going to do her first research paper in sixth grade and it was for her science class and she was supposed to do it on Alfred Weger, which is a um, meteorologist. And she mm-hmm. was like, that's not science and really peeved. And she wanted to do Leonardo da Vinci, who is super cool. And I'm thinking to myself, how do you even know that this dude's cool? Like, how do you know even who he is? <laughs> like, you're 11. And um, she ended up doing both the one she was assigned and the one she wanted to do full out. So mm-hmm. I had to go buy all the stuff for both of them. And, and that's really an idea of who she was. Right. And and her personality type is very. So driven and, and very. There are no words. Yeah. For that part. I mean, driven, she's, that's like, it was uh, driven, very high strung in the sense of put a lot of pressure on herself. Mm-hmm. And like wound up tight, like she had to be sheer perfection so that, right. like we were saying earlier, yeah, you, you kind of have to tell her to take a chill pill and just, right. you know, breathe. Yeah, it's going like, to be okay. If you, if you get an A minus, <laughs> it's like destructive to your world. <laughs> yeah. And a B can't have that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she's learned a lot of lessons over the past year in regards to that. Um, mm-hmm. Basically got hit with a silly stick as far as control. Because she was probably the most controlling within her own world mm-hmm. as far as her grades, as far as her her like direction and where she her goals were. And um, I was just discussing it with my mother half. She there's never been a time she hasn't achieved something she set out to do. Mm-hmm. So what happened with this completely upended her whole world because at, at that point you have no control when your health goes to shit. Right. So tell, so tell listeners, um, like what exactly happened to her? How did it all start? So, um, she got her first shot in, um, can I say the words like that? Are we going to get censored? Okay. Um, 
just checking because some places you can and sometimes I can't. We got cookies if not. Um, so she had her first one in in January 2021. Um, at that first one, she was very tired, um, exceptionally tired. So she said she felt tired like she'd never felt before. But mm-hmm. we didn't really think too much because, again, if you look it up, it says you might be tired. Right. Um, she had a really weird headache and she felt like she was floating, so a little dizzy. That's what she took to be dizzy, nausea, whatever. Right. Um, it kind of went away, wrote it off. Um, February 16 had the second one. She had 104 fever um, not too many hours after, and that lasted for several days. Um, and then she said she could feel her brain, which if you have a headache, typically people don't say that. Um, but again, it said headaches, and so she kind of wrote it off to being – what it says would happen. And um, again, with this severe fatigue. And then after about a week, everything kind of tapered away. We just thought she was just a little bit more intense version of everything that they said would happen. Mm-hmm. So didn't think too much of it because it kind of seemed to be what was happening. Seems sort of normal. Some people have nothing. They have a sore arm. Some people get what she had. We hadn't really seen the severe reactions or heard of them yet. Um, And about, uh, this is now, we're working into the end of February, and her right hand started getting some pain. And um, the pain would be increasingly intense over the next few days to the point where if you took any type of like over-the-counter pain medications like Advil, Tylenol, so-and-so, um, it wouldn't touch it. It wouldn't even take the edge off. And so that was a little weird. So we thought maybe she hurt herself. And um, within a couple more weeks, so we're now working into like mid-March. So now it's becoming almost a month of this like weird achy pain in her right hand. And she is right-handed and she's about ready to study for MCATs and she's finding it harder and harder to hold a pencil. Right. And so we're like, let's get you to um, orthopedic. Let's let's skip all the other riffraff we had in insurance that would allow us to pick who we wanted to go see so mm-hmm. we can get straight to a specialist. So we did that and the specialist was like, yeah, you. it seems a little, you know, whatever they said, they were doing a little testy tests and they said, I think you need to go get an MRI. So she did, comes back, there's nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. But now it comes back and the um, palm of her hand and her fingers are numb. Right. And he was thinking that maybe early, like you might be one of the youngest carpal tunnel, you know, Mm -hmm. but hey, you kids have been using your devices since you were like little tiny twerps and, you know, it wouldn't be the weirdest thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. You're an overachiever. You've been, you know, typing on this, you know, forever and 10 days now already. Weird, but possible. Um, But she, being pre-med, was like, well, that explains some of this, but it doesn't explain now my whole palm is numb. Right. And he's like, hmm. And she's like, and now the numbness is going down my arm. And he's Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe we have a cubital issue. Maybe, you know, it's the next. And so she went back to see him a couple more times. And finally, he's like, I think we need to do nerve conduction. Oh, that's Um, fun. You know, hmm. If your listeners don't know what nerve conduction is, you guys, That's this fun. is like torture chamber, legal torture yes. for people. Mm-hmm. I, it is I think very it, unpleasant. I've been there. Mm-hmm. There are no words to explain. And I didn't really want to tell her mm-hmm. what she was in for because I mm-hmm. didn't want to freak her out ahead of time. 
And we get to the um, neurologist's office for the specialist to do this. And so nerve conduction, for those of you that don't know, this is um, a way for them to conduct electricity through your nervous system. And the idea is to find where there's a blockage, where mm-hmm. the problem lies. And the really only way to do that is through the electricity because basically our bodies are made of electricity. Right. And um, so the best way to do it is to do this because it may not show up on um, the MRI, but it will definitely show up if there's an issue through this study. Well, when we went to the office before this this happened, we, you know, we were telling her what's going on, and we still didn't know that this was an injury, a vaccine injury. We mm-hmm. thought it was a injury, like right, you hurt an injury, an injury, like yeah, like you <laughs> twisted your arm. So we were still, you know, on that track, and mm-hmm. and even though there had never been a second since she had had the vaccine that there wasn't something wrong, we were able to explain everything away, right. right? There was always a different problem, always an expl- mm-hmm. explanation, never that one. And um, the conduction, um, the, what is she called? A neurologist. She says, okay, well, we're going to do a couple tests. So they would do these, you know, ones to check how's, mm-hmm. how's your fingers doing? How quick can you do that? Okay, that was fine and dandy. Not super fine because she's not super fast, but she can do it, right? Right. And then she started doing the foot drop, lifting her mm-hmm. feet, dropping her feet. Right. She must have done that 15 times. And we're like, why is she doing this? We're here for this. Why is she mm-hmm. concentrating on her feet? Like, That makes perfect sense. <laughs> what's happening in this world right now? Like weird. And she stops and she says, the test they want you to do is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so the last time I had ever heard a doctor swear my ex-husband, when they said the word bullshit and fuck, um, he had emergency surgery to save his life. Mm-hmm. And that was on some issues with his back. Um, also sort of similar. We were doing a nerve conduction study at the time for him as well. Mm-hmm. Odd. And so as soon as she said that, I was like, something is drastically wrong. Uh-oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? And she said, I'm going to do the nerve conduction because they're asking, but it's going to be fine. Because it's not your problem. Mm-hmm. And no, Maddie goes, no, no, I'm here because my arm hurts. And she's like, nah, that's not your problem. So she does the nerve conduction. And, and so for the listeners, what that means is they put electrodes on different portions. In Maddie's case, because it's her right arm, they're going to put electrodes in her hands, some on her arms, elbows, all the way up. Then they're going to attach little wires to that. And then they're going to go over to the side and they're going to twist a little dial and electricity goes up. Shock you. Shocks the shit out of you. <laughs> Which makes your, it's supposed to make your uh, whatever, like if you're having numbness in your fingers, it's supposed to make your fingers jump basically like so, they, so that they know that those nerves are working. Yeah. Okay. So imagine setting yourself up to be purposely electric shocked. It's, it sucks. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Maddie was in so much pain. She almost passed out. It was, mm-hmm. it was horrifying. Um, in the end, the nurse, I mean, the, the doctor's like, you know, it's fine. You're totally fine. And she's like, I feel so fine right now. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to pass out. Um, but basically what she said again is your problem isn't your arm. You need to go immediately to get a full neuro workup. Um, your problems in your brain and your nervous system, and you need mm-hmm. to have a check now. Right. Um, needless. So now we are, um, this is at the end of April. Um, 
And no, actually this one, we've been going to back and forth to doctors. So now we're in the end of May. And, um, she says, how, uh, I'm going to call the ortho, the ortho will call your neuro. We need to figure this out ASAP. The next, the drive home sucked. First of all, I'm sure because our brains go to the worst possible place. So mm-hmm. when you hear it's in your head, the first thing you think is things aren't working. So you think you have like a tumor or cancer or, I mean, you just think the, right. the weirdest stuff goes through your head. So she was freaking out. Um, the next day she came downstairs in the morning and she's like, Hey mom, I can't feel my knees. And she's like, but, but maybe it's because the doctor freaked me out. So maybe it's like in my head. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something's Psychosomatic. Not, yeah. Something's wrong, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it is here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple hours later she came down and she was having a hard time bending her feet. So she couldn't flex or curl her toes. So she couldn't like lift her toes and she couldn't really flex her foot. And when she did flex her foot, if, if she got to that point, she had to like concentrate on it. Like you were mm-hmm. lifting weights with your feet. And that kept getting worse. So we um, jumped in the car and went to ER because she started leaving more and more of feeling in her legs and such. And so we're like, this is holy crap. I mean, just yesterday we were worried about her arm. Today we're like, now my arm is numb and my feet, what, what the heck is happening? And um, we went there, they did a bunch of tests. They said, Hey, let's do a CAT scan. Um, the CAT scan came back clear. Now, while this is happening, Maddie is studying for MCAT. So everywhere we're going, this MCAT book, and for you that don't know, (laughs) she had a test scheduled for September. So she's studying diligently on top of all of her regular college for the test that would enter you. I mean, that will allow you to get into med school. Right. So she's carrying this book everywhere. So we are in ER with this book and the doctor is like, obviously you don't feel too bad. (laughs) And she's like, no, this is my coping skill. Mm -hmm. back at it. And he says, um, so you're fine. We need you to see a neuro. You're not fine, but you're fine. We can't Mm -hmm. do anything about this tonight. We can't figure out what's wrong with you. Basically. Mm -hmm. They have no idea. He says, you can spend the night if you're scared. Like if you feel that, that you're not going to be comfortable enough to go home, you can stay or come back. And we opted for come back because if they're not going to do anything and right. Um, the next day we met with, um, they made a nine o'clock appointment for us to go meet a neurologist who was the head neuro for, um, the same hospital that she had been volunteering at. Mm-hmm. And, um, we went in there, he saw her for about five minutes. He did the little foot drop thing too, and said, I think you have MS. And we're like, well, shit. Assumptive diagnosing is always a blessing. I think we um, take the carpal sarcasm. tunnel for the win. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, exactly. <laughs> we don't want that one. And Mm-mm. that was a really shitty move on his part to say we think you exactly. have this. It was probably one of the shittier moves. He That's has one, sh- sh- one crappy one comes down the road, which is gaslighting, but that one's pretty yeah, and that's what I oh, was okay. going to say, um, just to add to that, that that is one of the huge problems in the medical community for as long as I have been a nurse and as long as I have worked in the medical field, I cannot tell you how many doctors are like, 
oh, we think you have liver failure and you're going to need a transplant before ever even running a test. Oh, I think you have cancer. Oh, whatever. Without, I mean, just looking at someone, you mm -hmm. cannot do that at all. Period. Yeah. That is so inappropriate. Yeah. Anyway. And so, yeah, 100%, because the first thing that she said is, so you're telling me I'll never be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And you're telling me that my nerve endings are demyelinating. And she, right. and then he realized she knew what he was right. talking about. Which, exactly. And so he kind of, I won't say he backtracked because he didn't backtrack shit, but he started talking a little bit more on her level, I would say, mm -hmm. to where, because she could understand what was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and then he said, you know, we need to get a full neuro workup. Well, no shit. No kidding. Um got to do it. And he said, this is not emergent. So I can't rush your insurance. And I'm like, um, she's losing her use of her legs. Like, <clears throat> Might be <throat> emergency soon. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it pretty it's much could be. Yeah. Possible. And, um, he followed that up with saying, you know, if, if the symptoms change or, you know, it, it gets worse. So change is one thing, but if it gets worse is another kind of, so it's like two different descriptions of symptoms, right? Mm -hmm. um, if that happens, go straight to ER and bring the paperwork so that they can do the neuro workup right away. Well, that night, the so if we remember, so we had the numbness in the right arm, it was going up the shoulder, and we had numbness from knees down. Well, that night, she had numbness in her front chest, and it went down her back into her glutes and down her thigh. So basically, Gee, at this point, um, her middle, the middle sister, my other daughter, um, slept with her with her hand on her back because she wanted, she wasn't sure what was, what was happening. So she was scared. She was going to stop breathing right? because she's like, where's this moving to? This is just beyond weird. Right. And, um, so the next morning we got up really early and headed over to ER, um, had the full neuro workup. Um, that was, the second time, and I should have said the the doc, the uh, neurologist did ask us, and and everybody, let's back this up for a second. Everyone we had seen had asked us, had we been, had she? It's a wee story now. Um, had she been vaccinated? Mm -hmm. And the answer is yes. And the answer was two doses, and the answer was Pfizer. But they never went past that conversation, right? right? It just stopped right there. They don't want to admit liability, right? Um, the neurologist, after she said that, when he was telling her that she had MS, he did say to her, you can never have a vaccine again mm -hmm. in no uncertain terms, but never wrote that. Right. Never saw him do that. Mm -hmm. Now that I know about some of the bills that are going on, I understand why. Right. Um, then, um, same, the, the, um, ER nurse also asked the same, not nurse, the ER doctor also asked the same thing, jotted it down, but never, the discussion never went any farther. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had eight MRIs, four with contrast, four without that day. Mm -hmm. She had, um, everything was clear. So we basically ruled out, um, MS because you would have seen the proteins or the, the white spots. Uh, I guess they, I think they called them lesions at the time. Um, so, yay. but meanwhile, she's falling apart. So it was like this really cool holy shit, hallelujah, and she doesn't have a tumor, and she doesn't have other stuff, right. but why the heck are her legs not working when you tap them, or why can't she feel this, or what's happening? So mm -hmm. then they thought maybe Julian Barr. Um, 
Then they also thought maybe lime, maybe some other things. So, it, or it could have been very early onset MS, and so the next step would be to do a um, spinal, spinal lumbar tap. tap. Yep, and I can tell you, you know, remember she just had a uh, nerve conduction test a couple of days ago, so she's like. I do not want to do that. And I'm like, uh, honey. Yeah, we, no. They're nobody awful wants too. Mm-hmm. There are no words. I mean, to stick a needle in your spine is, mm-hmm. there's no good stuff. Nothing good comes of that. But on the other hand, I was like, listen, kiddo, we're here. I mean, ultimate, you're adults, so you, you get to choose. Right. As your mother, we're here. We want to get everything out the door as quick as possible because this is getting nowhere but worse. And um, we also need to tell them that we want to have West Nile. We wanted to have lupus. We wanted to have um, Lyme. We put, we, so we had the works in there because right. you're going to do it. We're doing it all. Right. Um, she was a trooper, like bomb ass trooper. And um, the fluid was perfectly clear, which was huge. Right. You really need that crystal clear fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, like every other test we had done, it was perfectly fine. So now we're at like square one again, and she's Mm -hmm. declining. Very frustrated, I'm sure. So ridiculously. Mm -hmm. There are no words. So we didn't know the the complete results of everything of the um, lumbar puncture until we had been home for a couple days. Um, at that point, we had a follow-up visit to our favorite neurologist, and I'm saying that with all the sarcasm in the world. Um, <laughs> at this point, I can use his name if I want to, and I can say that he is probably one of the most horrible doctors I've ever met in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, we, he had her on the upside. He said there's about 68 blood work labs that I would like to ta- to have her do. Um basically thinking maybe there's some sort of autoimmune trigger, something else that he's missing, right? Which kind of makes sense. Autoimmune diseases show up in very weird ways and they're really hard to diagnose because there's 6,552 million of them and each person is a little bit different. And um, so we're like, okay, so she did um, the 68- uh, different lab work. So that was like 34 vials of blood. Mm-hmm. And then he's having her pee in a jug for a couple of days and there's stool sample. There's so much stuff being poked and prodded. It's ridiculous. Right. right. Um, she was flagged for 11 autoimmune diseases. So now we're in the freak out mode again. Right. Right. Um, so we're freaking out because lupus comes up, scleroderma comes up and that just sounds horrifying. Right. And, um, I can't remember the one, but it's where your mouth has no saliva. That sounds awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just all these things. So we rush our butts to find a um, autoimmune specialist because I'm like, what the <laughs> ever You're loving. Great. Mm. Yeah. So at this point, I'm. she texts me every 15 seconds of the day practically sometimes, you know. This is weird. That is weird. This is weird. That's weird. So I was going back through all of our texts and I was like, you know, this all started with your second Pfizer. You are vaccine injured. It's now June. And I'm like, you are so injured. And the the light bulb just went on. 
like spotlight shining like a beacon pretty much <laughs> and i had printed out a um an outline of a human body form and i printed like 100 of them mm-hmm. and i dated them from the day she started this and every right. text of every day i marked on it what it was right put it in the bin and in not in the bin but in the journal and kept going so you could see everything changing as you flip a page every single day what mm-hmm. it was and what her pain level was and where did it travel to because nothing stays the same. It's like laying whack-a-mole. The symptoms move. Right. And then I found a Facebook uh, group. Meanwhile, while we're waiting for blood work to come back and I joined this Facebook group and I put a picture of my daughter up there before when she she's never been sickly. She's never had autoimmune anything. We, none of this was reality for us. Right. And I'm like, I had this daughter and now I have this one. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Anybody have a clue? Like help? And like in a day, like fifteen hundred some odd people were commenting. My somebody in Europe, somebody over here. You know, mostly right. in mostly overseas. AstraZeneca was doing a, a doozy on people overseas, mm-hmm. and so I was hearing a little bit, but I never really got to see the depth of it because it got. Wiped out, you know, like shut down. I was going to say second. shadow banned a lot, <laughs> or just the the the, the groups <clears throat> would just disappear. Yeah, they mm-hmm. would just be gone, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Wonder what? And not knowing that what was happening still didn't get. I had no clue. And then, um, meanwhile, we're going back over here, and we end up at a uh, autoimmune specialist, and he looks at Maddie and and looks at the tests, and he says, "You have none of this." And um, he says a lot of times there will be false positives. That happens quite often. It happens quite often in this kind of a position. And um, when you diagnose autoimmune diseases, um, you're you're really diagnosing as the symptoms are going on. Right. You have none of these symptoms. Right. So the flag means basically nothing. It just scares the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. And we're like, again, yay. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Because we still have things. And now we're working towards um, June. We're in middle of June now. And now she's got the numbness. So all the things that she had that we've been talking about prior, Mm -hmm. numb, can't bend. She's having a difficulty walking. But now it's like these weird spasms. Like if she was holding the glass, she'd have to do it both hands. Because if it was one hand, especially this one, she'd throw it. Mm -hmm. It would just. So like a tick. Oh, yeah. Or -hmm. spasm? Yeah. Like a really hard spasm? Mm -hmm. Because a tick, in my head, I don't know. Ticks are kind of like short. I don't know if they go all over the place. Mm -hmm. These would be, or her legs would kick. Right. Way up. Right. And so that was happening. And then um, her hand, she would get stuck, like so. Like a dystonia, I believe, is what that is. Mm -hmm. That's called. Right. And so that would happen just for a few minutes. Wouldn't be a long period of time. Or the tremors. This. And that would also come and go, and and it also would be in her feet. But it would be like never constant. So there will be many times when people will look at her, and she looks perfectly fine. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, she's doing it for attention. Or, oh, uh, I was going to say, a, you're making oh, this up, aren't you? You're making you? it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you look Isn't just that great. cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and then 
two minutes later when the door closes or when we're home or if she's tired or whatever. Right. And then we also noticed that the, um, tra- the uh, symptoms would really get bad around her period. Right. So at the time she didn't have um, weird periods, but the period itself, the hormones itself would create these increased, and that's almost always when we were in the ER. And right. it took us a while, you know, a few months to be like, wait a minute, we're here again. Wait. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Now she has weird periods where either they won't be for four months and then they come and they're like wicked. They're, it's very strange. It definitely affected the women's hormones. Right. I don't Absolutely. care what anybody says. Is, is she, and this is, I, you can talk about this or not. Um, does she have like really large clots now that she didn't have before? You know, I I don't know. I didn't ask her, but she told me like the last, the one that just happened, she hadn't had one in a few months. And she's like, this is like Niagara. Uh-huh. So I don't know what that means for her because mm-hmm. she may think that's kind of weird to talk about with my mom, you know, as far as, <laughs> <laughs> but all I do know is it wasn't normal. Right. Like none of that is, none of what was happening with her there is normal. And mm-hmm. That's a little frightening. And we don't talk about that. Like that really makes me mad because if that happens and I'm still not talking about it, but I feel like if that becomes a reality that this has affected her hormones so much that later she mm-hmm. can't have children, I'm going to lose my shit again. Well, because I'll know what, exactly what it came from. There's been a lot of, um, a lot of documentation and a lot of study come out about that and about, Um, how many females were uh, affected menstrual-wise by Mm -hmm. not only getting the vaccination, Mm -hmm. but by being around people who had had it and they would talk about like how how massive their menstrual cycles were after that and how heavy the flow was or how they're passing, you know, clots that look like softballs or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And, and one of the studies, one of the studies that they just came out with, um, was talking about, um, like they, you know, there for a while they were like, oh, we need to test all the animals for COVID. Okay. And so they started, uh, testing vaccinations on, on populations of animals Mm -hmm. and these animals that had been vaccinated, um, either we're having uh, all of them or stillbirths, or they would have a sack with no embryo in it. Um, or like, so like a molar th- pregnancy almost. Yep. Only there was okay. no, there was no like actual baby in the sack. Yeah. It was like you developed the amniotic sac, yep. but there was no, no, no cellular tissue in it, or they would all be sterile. So. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole other subject. So we'll mm-hmm. we'll be back to talking. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> I'm sure I'll still be on this. Um, mm-hmm. The one of the things that you know, this whole thing, just to get off topic of Maddie's story for a second. Um, I, it's amazing now that I've connected with so many people. Right. It is amazing how many people you were just making the comment about um, they weren't vaccine, vaccine, <laughs> vaccinated. Can't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more like shedding. Right. Um, 
and I've heard of a ton of people. And then one of my really good friends was her husband. She was not. Her husband is. He was mm-hmm. a U.S. Marshal, so he didn't have a choice. Right. And um, he was taking off for a month or so. So they had date night and some fun time. And the next day she was in so much pain because she had developed um, like boil blisters from mm-hmm. the vaccine from it, mm-hmm. from being, him being inside her. And right. that happened both times that they had had sex after. And so she had to wait until it kind of went out of the system for a while. Mm-hmm. That's not okay. That's yeah, weird. no. When you become a, instantly allergic to your husband? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Someone you've been with for like twenty well. years. Exactly. <laughs> That's odd. And the only thing new is Pfizer. Right. Hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. So there is some truth to that, and I've heard that quite a bit, just not even from the things you see, but actually from people speaking and, and going right. through it. Um right. we basically on this back on Maddie's story. Through the month of June, so we just know we didn't go to any more doctors for a while. We were kind of on the maybe if we just let this go, it'll just fade. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Um, those doctors aren't helping. She, right. She's like, doesn't want to go back because, and we still haven't done naturopathic anything yet. Mm-hmm. But we're just like, we just need to rest and just, just. Right. And, um, Fourth of July was a really good day for her. She was, we had people over and she participated and she seemed normal, right? Mm -hmm. She was, yeah, yeah, normal. She was very tired, but she wasn't in quite so much pain. And I think she overdid it. Um, The following day she paid for it tired wise. Um, The amount of fatigue that she'd been feeling through the month of June was kind of insane. Like coming downstairs was work. Um, just making it to the couch is exhausting. Like uh, the whole spoony thing where you got 12 spoons for one day, it takes like six to get out of bed and right. another two to put your clothes on. And by the time you're exactly. done getting dressed for the day, you're done. Yeah. Um, that would be her. Um, then uh, the, I would say June, I mean, uh, July 8th. It's been a couple more days. It, she just wasn't feeling any better. It was getting worse and worse. And um, then she started getting the pain that we had been feeling in, in her arms and legs was now showing up in her throat. And the spasms were showing up in her esophagus. Mm-hmm. And if she lifted her shirt, they were showing up in her abdomen. So the act of drinking water or swallowing anything would put her in a fetal position. Right. And... Um, now also her chest, she has serious chest pains. We didn't, at the time we thought the chest pains were heart related. Mm -hmm. Um, so she, uh, we had a bunch of people over, we were having neighborhood family dinner night. She came down the stairs. I took a look at her and I was like, what's wrong with you? And she's, I think I'm having a heart attack. Mm -hmm. We didn't even say goodbye. We just got in the car. I didn't even call 911. I'm like, I'm just out of here. Let's just go. Right. And um, we ended up at a hospital down the street. We didn't go to the one we normally do. And obviously, we're taken in immediately. Um, she had high um, blood pressure, but all of the cardio checked out. She was fine. Strange. Um, but if you touch her or she breathes, the chest pain is insane. Mm-hmm. 
um, they say, Maddie, we're now telling people, you know, she's Pfizer injured. We have issues. The uh, PA said, that doesn't happen. You're not, you're not vaccinated. <laughs> when were you, when were you vac- vaccinated uh, in January and February? Oh, no, no, no. So that happens right away. So no, this is not possibly that. She has GERD. Mm. Oh, mm. yeah. Okay. Acid reflux. Okay. No, uh, no, she doesn't. <laughs> I don't think that's, and now Maddie's doing this while we're sitting there in the bed. This is not GERD. Right. And she goes, well, I'll give you, we can give her a uh, lidocaine cocktail. So basically something to, to uh, numb the pain that's in the throat so she can at least, right. at least get some fluids down or whatever. And then we're going to prescribe you some Pepsid. Of and course. you <clears throat> can go home. And I was yeah. like, mm, we got to go. <laughs> like, we are not on the same page. Right. And I was so pissed off. And we ended up leaving with said um, prescriptions for Pepsid, and I'm like so mad. And we got out to the parking lot, and Maddie doubled over again. And I was like, "Get in the car. We're gonna go to the hospital we normally go to because these people have all your information on records." Right. Let something's not okay, and I'm not picking you home because at the time I still wasn't quite sure what was happening. What was going on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we went to this next hospital, <laughs> unbeknownst to me, I didn't know they were on the same computer system. And so they probably think, wacky mom, <laughs> one half hour ago, we didn't get the answer we wanted. So we drove across town to the next one. I look mm-hmm. like a nut job. They proceed to tell us she has GERD. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. Because all we did was look at what the other hospital said. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And um, did a couple more tests, whatever. Obviously, we didn't figure anything out, and we left. That was a Friday. Saturday, she felt like hell. Like, she still couldn't really drink. She was just in so much pain. It was ridiculous. Sunday, it was back to the uh, doubling over. Um, We went back to the hospital because I'm like, I there's got to be something they're missing. Like something's, something's not not right. right. Mm -hmm. There's clearly something wrong. Every single test is fine, but she's not fine. And, um, we went back and we finally got a doctor who listened after I threw a couple F bombs. Um, he said, Hey, I need her to tell me the entire history from the hangnail on her, on her pinky on January, you know, whatever, what's the history? And finally he said, I can't help you. Right. And he's like, I don't even know what what to to tell you. Mm -hmm. You need to see an internist. Maybe we can figure this part out, but I can't help you. But meanwhile, she's tremors. We had videoed tremors at night and those are getting worse. And um, just everything is starting to like become, it doesn't get better from time. It's getting worse from time. Right. And, um, when he could, said he couldn't help us and he was at his wit's end, I basically said, Maddie, I'm asking you permission to post like this on my Instagram. I had like 5,000 followers at the time. Right. And I'm like, maybe somebody knows somebody who knows somebody who has right. one nugget. Just, I just need a nugget. Just Right. Something, anything. Something. And um, her response was, 
do whatever you want, mom, just don't have any spelling errors. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) always the academic. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have my glasses. So I think there's going to be some spelling errors. (laughs) There was. Um, And meanwhile, back at the ranch, we did it. And basically I said, listen, this isn't anti-vax. This isn't anti-anything. I don't give two. I I still don't care what you do as an adult. As a kid, different story. Yeah. Yeah. For the children, I have a different story. But for adults, I don't care. I just, um, I'm really annoyed that there's not a safety net. I'm really annoyed that you're making people be silenced when they're asking for help. No one should ever be silenced or be afraid to ask for help for health. Right. That, that to me is, there's something incredibly scary about that scenario. And if you stop to think about like how many people had stories on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, literally every type of social media that exists on the planet. And the government is flagging them for misinformation. They're taking it down. Mm -hmm. They're slapping that. The vaccines are highly tested, blah, 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 by the CDC. Shit, they put on everybody's flipping post about literally kangaroo poop, (laughs) and they can slap that on there. So think about the millions of people around the world that had all these injuries that were posting their stories Mm -hmm. that, that were told by our government, take it down. Don't right. let so we this never information saw them, out. Right? right. Exactly. So right. at that point in time, we didn't know we were, so we felt alone. You. That's mm-hmm. how you feel. You feel like you're in a room with four walls, no windows, no doors. Right. You, you have no nothing. Right. When that post, the first day the post went, started to go slowly. It was a, a slow, gradual viral. So the first day was about 10,000 likes and, and however many views, whatever. Right. Um, most of the responses were people telling me that I should die. She oh, should of die. Course. I had Munchausen by proxy. Um, I they, knew you were going to say that. Yeah. I knew it. And that <sighs> my daughter looks younger. So, um, especially when she was in the hospital thing. So they thought she was underage. So then they, I should be jailed for child abuse. I was mm-hmm. stupid that my daughter should die because I'm so stupid. I should die so that she would feel stupid or whatever. And then the following day, so about after 24, 48 hours of that, all of the sudden it took off and Mm -hmm. we were getting like a notification a second. Right. And, and, and I did the math and that's about 84,000 notifications a day. Mm -hmm. And then it became people who were all over the world. Right. Every corner that was being vaccinated at the time was reaching out to us and was saying, I thought I was alone. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Right. I, I can't believe this is, this is, you're me. Right. And I, I can't even tell you how many of those. And then in the midst of that is when she found a girl who had been injured by Cipro and had mm-hmm. a lot of the same, um, similar 100%. issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this doctor gave me my life back. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, so she, so we're getting that organized. And meanwhile, the amount of people reaching out is growing exponentially daily. 100%. It's mind boggling how many messages and how many people and, and how many humans I know now that 
Right. And then I, I remember coming in here because we had had one more appointment with our neurologist that I like so much. <laughs> that said, said sarcastically. <laughs> all the love. Um, Dr. L. Dr. L. So Dr. L says to my daughter, after he had had her do gazillion and one of the different labs, and they all came mm-hmm. back clear, and we finally went for a follow-up. And he never checked those labs until the day we showed up and the minute we saw. He never of looked course. at them. But he finally did. Mm-hmm. And he says, did you break up with a boyfriend recently? With all due respect. Oh, for fuck's sake. And I, Maddie looked at me, and she's like, huh? <laughs> and mm-hmm. he goes, did you recently have a breakup? And she said, no. I don't have a boyfriend to break up with. And he says, what might you be stressed about? And then he says, I remember. You're studying for MCAT. You're trying to be a physician. With all due respect, maybe you should choose a different career. Because if you can't handle being sick, how are you going to handle being a physician? I would have said better than you. Well, he's the head of neuro and she's getting her clinical hours there, so she can't say shit. And then she had a huge bruise here because she had had been in um, ER and then had IVs. And he goes, why do you have those bruises? Mm -hmm. Why do you have those bruises? Let me see. Do you have bruises on your face? What? And then he looks at me and he goes, do you have something we should know? So he's trying to blame you for happening here. Abusing your child. With all due respect. So now go back to all those messages we're getting. Mm -hmm. About every 10 to 15 minutes, somebody would message me. I had a doctor who said, with all due respect, Mm -hmm. same line. Mm -hmm. Right. Are you experiencing stress? Did you have a recent death in the family? Did you have a recent breakup? All the same shit mm-hmm. he said to my daughter. And I came mm-hmm. into him and I went, we just put ourselves in the biggest shit show on the planet. Right. And the reason why um, that was a thing, hmm. the the canned responses and the canned answers that you know uh, they coordinate just like they do um, all the talking points on the media. Um. It well, I was because, pretty dumb. I didn't know that was so real. <laughs> yeah. And and the reason why they coordinate those responses, and mind you, um, this comes down from a governmental level, um, and then we have our the Mockingbird media that will parrot it. Uh, it's passed down to the hospital corporations. And, and remind me in a minute, and I'll share something with you about hospital corporations and the Please. government. Um. But the reason why they do that is because they run all of these tests. Um, all the tests are negative. And so their next go-to is to blame it on something psychosomatic. Mm-hmm. So it must be something in your head mm-hmm. that's causing you stress, that's causing these symptoms that we can't figure out. Because we're doctors, and if if we can't figure it out with our tests, then it must be in your head. Maddie said and to him when he said that. That's the response the government does. 100%. And Maddie's response to him was, um, you know, for I, I could understand it if I didn't have symptoms you can see. And the one she says I can't make up 
is she had huge inflammation on one side of her body and not mm-hmm. on the other. Right. So she's like, I could make up maybe, maybe the tremors I could see coming in my head. I mean, I could see stuff like that because it does happen to some people sometimes, you know what I mean? If super trauma or PTSD and it, it creates crazy shit in your body. Our mind right. is insane. But I don't think that it causes one leg to swell up where you can't put jeans on and the other one is normal. Right. How do you do that? She's right. like, I, I don't think so. So, and he's like, well, I'd like to prescribe you some Xanax or Zoloft. And of she's like, course. No. Of course. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, no, there is nothing wrong with me. That mm-hmm. is not my problem. I am stressed out. You're right. Because of this. Exactly. But not because of something. Like, mm-hmm. this is stressing me out. You're stressing me out. And she did say when he asked her how she wanted to be, how she knew she was going to be a good physician, she goes, well, how did you know you were going to be a good one? Mm-hmm. I don't really act like it now. And then when um, he left, his um, assistant said, so, so what do you think? And I said, I think he lied. Mm-hmm. I think he lied. And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, if he was really worried about her psyche, if he was really worried about stress, anxiety, or whatever, mm-hmm. the response would have been, hey, I think we need to recommend you to a colleague of ours who is um, a specialist in you know, psychiatric, whatever, something, right. anything, some sort of therapy, some sort of next level. Right. You wouldn't purposely continue the stress by trying to make them think they're crazy right? or that well, they're the one with the problem. Right. So and that's, that's the gaslighting whole thing. to a T. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing in the medical community now though, is, is putting, putting the onus back on the patient. It's your mm-hmm. fault. You're sick because I can't figure out what's wrong with you. So it must be something you did. It must be your fault, it must be in your brain. And, when you mentioned Munchausen earlier, I thought mm. it was so spot on because I cannot tell you how many um, people that have been vaccine injured, not just from this, but from other vaccinations. Yes. Um, and and the they go to the hospital, they're in the ER a lot, you know, they have all these different things happening to them. And especially with this particular instance because a lot of it mimics radiation poisoning mm-hmm. um and the 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 vast amount of symptoms and how they move and they change and every day it's something different and and a lot of people have told me that that the hospitals and stuff are like basically um you're 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 seeking to get medications for all these different things that don't exist. Mm -hmm. So they're telling patients, you know, especially patients that come in with family members, it's Munchausen because Mm -hmm. you're seeking things for something you don't have. Mm -hmm. I'm like, for fuck's sakes, I hate doctors and I worked in the medical field forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate the medical field period. So if I were ever to go in, um, I better be dying or I wouldn't be going. And I think there's a lot of people that way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you, when you have that many symptoms, you have to go and you're not making shit up, but the government mm-hmm. covers it up. And this mm-hmm. is what I was going to say a minute ago. 
any facility that takes funding of any kind from the federal government mm-hmm. has to fall in line with what the WHO and the CDC says the narrative is. Mm-hmm. And so um, whether it's Medicare and Medicaid dollars, um, whether they do grants, if they're a research facility, um, if they have a, a laboratory there that does, you know, um, testing on animals, anything like that, any any piece of funding from the government, they have to follow that narrative. The doctors that work there have to fall in line with that narrative or they lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. And we've seen yeah. that repeatedly. Yeah. And and it's so, now it's just so blatantly clear that that's the issue. I mean, mm-hmm. I, people had started to send me recordings where they were to like recording right. their doctors saying they can't, there's nothing they can do. They can't right. report it. They can't, whatever, they can't lose their license. 100%. I asked one to help um, me do something for a child that a parent didn't want them to get vaccinated. He goes, I can't risk losing my license. Right. And then you see the the bad bills in the state in our state in California where they want right. to make it permanent right now. It's like up today, I believe, is one right. of them. Um, where they're they're again trying to make doctors it, it is illegal for a doctor to speak against the COVID vaccine. So right. if that happens, how is any patient supposed to get help if the doctor can't talk right. about it? Because right. that's what they're basically doing. Right. They're basically making it where they're gagged. They, they can't, it's like, Mm -hmm. and and then you're going to be stuck with these people who either the ones that were injured, like my daughter in the first round, or Mm -hmm. then you have people who still believe in it or need to, and they feel like they have no choice for their jobs or whatever. And they're getting boosted and, and then just vaccines in general. (laughs) And here's a, here's a, a little tidbit. Um, for people from the most recent dump um, of Pfizer documents, you know how uh, initially they said that it's a uh, 95% efficacy rate? Yeah. Um, according to their trial data, mm-hmm. um, the efficacy rate was 12%. 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a day, it went down to 1%. Um, and so if you think about like how many vaccinations that would mean that you would have to get, you'd basically have to get one every single day. And that is what they're pushing for with this. And this is, this is no different than anything they've done in history with any vaccination. Okay. One's going to do it. It's going to stop you from getting it. Oh, wait a minute. What that was our bad. Um, yeah, you're going to have to get us a, a second dose or booster because, you know, that that will definitely uh, take care of it and give you the immunity that you need. It's definitely going to do it. Oh, shit. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, no, that's not going to work either. So you're going to have to get another one. And so they have done that with every vaccination that is on the federal vaccination schedule. Um, those are federally mandated vaccinations that everybody has to get, and they are pushing for this to be a federally mandated vaccination to go on that schedule. Um, the chance of that happening, um, to me, very easy, knowing their history and how 
uh, the powers that be that work at, you know, Pfizer or whatever, go on to get jobs high up in the CDC or mm-hmm. vice versa. CDC people, FDA people then go on to be bigwigs at Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson or AstraZeneca or Merck or, you know, any of, any of them. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of documentaries that have been coming out lately about that kind of process, not with vaccinations alone, but with medications too, Mm -hmm. and how they know ahead of time in a lot of these instances, what the warnings are, what the problems are going to be, but they go ahead and green light them anyway. Well, yeah, because I, I, makes total sense. It's their business plan Mm -hmm. with, um, with Pfizer, they did that. And I think, and I know they know because you could tell by what their percent of increase was during Mm -hmm. their, when they have to report for stocks or for the, uh, the earnings. Um, when they had such a huge increase for what is, I think, believe it's called Vendiquil, Mm -hmm. um, which is a treatment for pericarditis, myocarditis. Um, And then they have Eliquis, which is for um, blood clots. Blood clots. <laughs> and both of those, their amount of increase in any other business at any other given time, especially mm-hmm. with the, the issues with shipping and all the crap that we're going through, there is no right. business that could have 90%, 75% increases now. It just right. packaging, printing, all that sh- shipping. Everything. How's that work? And so to me, yeah, they, of course they're going to green light it because now mm-hmm. they have you for, I don't know, the rest of your life right. times a gazillion million people, which is just a crap ton of money, not to mention right. the other part. And that goes for all of the other ones as well. So they mm-hmm. are also have their little backup. It's right. not really a backup plan, but that's what it feels like. Right. And that you know and I mean? this is how this is how they put people in that um lifetime cycle of the pharmaceutical mm. loop. Mm-hmm. Um because they they have to have you sick enough so that you still need medical care. Mm-hmm. Um but and not well enough. Well to enough you can work. <laughs> not well enough for you to stop it. And so that's mm-hmm. how they loop people onto this lifetime cycle of medications. Oh, Oh, Maddie, you're having nausea. Let's put you on this. Oh, Maddie, you're having numbness, tingling. Let's put let's you on gabapentin. Yeah, yes. let's put you they on did. gabapentin, yep. which which may, uh, even though it's supposed to help with uh, numbness and stuff, or they use a lot in diabetics um, or people with uh, traumatic brain injuries or whatnot, mm-hmm. but gabapentin can also cause seizure activity. So, oh dang! Now you have seizures. So, we'll shoot, give you we anti-seizure. Put, yeah, we better put you on a seizure med. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and we. That's what they do. That's exactly what they did. So that was one of the first medications that they gave her, and they were like, "Oh, we also use this. Might be good for you because we also use this for anxiety and sleep. It'll help you right. sleep." Mm-hmm. And she probably took it for maybe a couple weeks, and she was like. I don't know if this is a good plan, <laughs> like just on right. her own, because it was not really helping with what they said it would do. Right. And she was just feeling weird. Right. And so she's like, I don't see how this is 
doing me any good. And in, exactly. in the end, the only thing that worked was IV therapies with a functional doctor, regenerative medicine. Right. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it costs a fortune. And this right. is really what breaks my heart with so many people that need help is they can't even afford the help. This is not a free vaccine. There's nothing right. free about this. Right. 100%. You know, it's not free in the Wait, big play, in the big picture for taxpayers. Yeah, I'm yeah. just going to say taxpayers paid for that vaccination. Yeah, so uh, it, that wasn't free. Stinker from the get-go. Yeah. yeah. So that part's not free, nor is it free for the people then again who have to now pay out of pocket to um, get the help that they need that actually works. Or you have these poor people that um, – they ended up with a different issue, issues than Maddie's where they're, they have, you know, myocarditis, which, you know, you can't get better from that. Right. You know, or you have um, clotting issues. So you're going to be on something for the rest of your life. So you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had people that I've met that have encephalitis and that's a hot mess. And right. just, <sighs> yeah, what this has caused. Well- such and think about think about that though as as the business model, mm. how excellent their planning was oh, to go into this because you just put billions of people into oh, yeah. the healthcare industry um, to keep that industry going because people were starting to move to plant based medicines and mm. you know. Uh, herbal things and stuff mm-hmm. like that where they could heal themselves. So mm-hmm. they were getting away from the medical industry. And then, mm-hmm. boom, along comes this charade that created billions more patients for them to feed right. that to feed that money back into that giant, distasteful industry. But I think it kind of is going to backfired a little bit too, though, mm-hmm. because um, – like myself, so this is something I, I need listeners to understand, is I didn't think about any of this stuff before. I never thought about vaccine injuries. I never thought about the pharmaceutical companies. I never did research. I didn't I didn't care. We, we weren't taking it. Right. Um, my fiance did for some heart issues. He has a pacemaker, so it was, it was all logical. Um, right. And now he works out all the time and his doctor's like, you don't have to take half the shit that you used to take. And so he kind of right. like weaned himself off. Yada, yada. So we weren't thinking about all this stuff that we're talking about right now, right? It never was part of my existence. And I think what happened is it happened, this happened to so many of us. And now so many people are researching and so many people are like, Mm -hmm. we got your number deeds. Um, And so many people are learning the only way to get better is through, like you're saying, plant-based or IV therapies mm-hmm. with stuff that already goes in your body. Right. So glutathione, peptides, right. aminos, oh, wait, wait, all wait. the things. The glutathione, mm. the government is trying to I shut know. that down now. I will be the first person in line up there being, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I will go with you. <laughs> Over my dead body. Because that was a miracle for her. Right. I mean, as far as it helps so much with her immune system, it helps so much on so many levels, even now for so many people. And they're trying to do it with them. NAD was another one. And that's another one that they're trying to go against. And I don't know how to become part of that group that goes up there and says, I don't think so. But I'd I'd be there in a hot second because that's not okay. 
Well, it see, is, and that's and there that's is what money they, in that too. So there's they should not yeah. be so weird about it. They should be part of it. Like how okay? How about if you're seeing it come up? How about being part of the good part then? I but, don't know. But see, that's what they want to do. Um, like anything that's that's naturally occurring, um, whether it be inside your body or naturally occurring in nature, mm. they want to take that um, and change it through synthetic biology to make mm. that uh, and to manipulate it and to be able to to synthesize that so they can turn around and sell it to you. Kind of like, I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, so it makes it seem like they can only do it themselves. Right. Kind of like how, um, they sold us all air. They sold us all water. You know, they take things that are natural in our environment and then sell them back to you. And how many States have, um, like a law against collecting rainwater. It's the same kind of thing because they want your money. They want you to pay for it. And so with medications, they I do the same with the, with medications, it's the same kind of thing where they want to be able to control what the usage is. And so they want to take um, the glutathione or the NAC or, you know, any of the other stuff that's out there mm -hmm. um, and put that into a quote government um, or, you know, big pharma uh, formulation to turn around and sell you back, even though it's already occurring in right nature. Right now, it's just fine. Or yeah. like peptides in your body. Mm -hmm. um, peptides in your body have been able to heal cancer for a very long time. And they they literally have shut, tried to shut that down for ages um, mm -hmm. for cancer cures because... If it's naturally occurring in your body and you can, you can, you know, get that information, that genetic information and, you know, use that to cure people. They don't want that to happen because then right. they can't sell you the drugs. Right. And, and that's incredibly true because right? you can see it and you can see there's senators that are right now or, or congressmen that are trying to do to whatever, to shut that down. Mm -hmm. um, that said, I feel still there's a lot more of us mm -hmm. than there are of them. Mm -hmm. And so the more of us that make noise or wake up or speak up and speak out and don't expect other people to do all the speaking up and speaking out, right? I think it, it can facilitate some change, uh, mm -hmm. both and help the functional doctors keep their ability to do what they do. Right. Um, and also keep us the, our ability to get the vitamins because they're even trying to shut down like the the pharmaceutical grade not pharmaceutical but, but the like the prescription grade vitamins but that don't come through pharma mm -hmm. that come right. through you know some very right. very great manufacturers they're also trying to stop that as well well so and high I dosage and stuff like that that <laughs> I can it's tell my, you it's mind boggling when this when this all first started. Um, and this is back when they used to have what was called Periscope, um, which is kind of like Facebook Live or Instagram Live or whatever. But it was a, it was a different app. It was a separate app. And I would be on there talking about, you know, uh, how important it is to get vitamin D and to take zinc mm -hmm. and, you know, mm -hmm. all of these different things. And bam, I would get knocked out every single time. And, and there for a long time, it's like anybody that mentioned, um, vitamin D from the sunlight or zinc, 
um, any of that stuff, they would automatically delete their accounts. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to show you that this is a thing. And so you could go to like, you know, pick a hospital like St. Mary's hospital or, you know, Kaiser Permanente or whatever, and mm -hmm. look up what their protocol was, mm -hmm. um, for COVID patients and what was mm -hmm. listed on there. Fucking vitamin zinc. D, vitamin D therapy and zinc mm. every mm -hmm. time. It's the first thing. Mm -hmm. But they would, yeah. but they would shut down accounts that were talking yeah. about that. I remember. Um, so once I got hit over the head with the silly stick <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> a whoa, <laughs> like this is scary. Mm -hmm. This is like something sinister and nefarious is going on because 100%. I'm not okay with this. But I looked up or I was going to hashtag something because I've so I've grew up in a family hippy dippy. We were all about the eating rice, spirulina, you know, get your greens, right. and that that was our life, right? And zinc, we've known that's what you take as soon as you feel like a little under the weather. Makes total mm -hmm. sense. But doing it our whole lives. Get outside, get some sun, get your vitamin D. Right. Um, if you're low in vitamin D, you're probably going to feel like shit, you right. know, and these kind of viruses can lower your vitamins, your whatever, right. your ability to, to process. Um, and so I, I remember putting up a post and it's probably, it's still in my Instagram where I said, Hey, just for shits and giggles, ha push the hat, go do the hashtag search on natural immunity and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Nothing. They took it away. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like yep. completely took away natural immunity, something that we've had since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. This isn't new right. and it's never going to not be gone. I mean, we're all going to have it for the rest mm -hmm. of time. But anything when you would, if they, if people would say, hey, like you're saying, do the zinc or, hey, you know, get turmeric for, you know, anti-inflammatory is if you're, if some of the people were getting super inflamed, right. like, like inflammation was out of control, mm -hmm. just different things that we all know. Okay, we don't all know because people need to learn from each other. And, right, and gently teaching by sharing is is like that's what a community is about. And that is not okay for me to tell somebody that turmeric helped me with my mm -hmm. inflammation. Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> well, no, because me? they want to sell you a formulation from a pharmaceutical company that is synthetic. Yeah. Um, that's mixed with other shit that shouldn't be in your body in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A weird, altogether all strange. And that you're sitting on a, a platform that they say, you know, whatever they say about their damn platform. And what? It, it was mind boggling. And the thing that I got shadow banned, um, severely shadow banned for, which was very interesting to me. So Maddie's whole situation came. She got much better. She was able to go back to school, which was huge for us. Um, we ended up having her, she is now what they call temporarily disabled because of her cognitive issues. So the memory is really not so great. And right. um, fun her brain, she feels like it, It uh, the, the, the best way to describe it is if you're watching a streaming um, video and you know how it buffers. Mm -hmm. And it like does that really weird uh, blurry and then it goes back to normal mm -hmm. sometimes or you have to start it over. That's right. what it's like. So that issue yeah. is going on and she's no longer going to med school. She just, there's no way she can do it. Right. So all of that 
said, you know, now we sit here and we um, have this whole thing where we, we need to ex- do what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. share, tell, um, make sure we can help as many people as possible, right. talk people off the ledge. And when this was going down, I made a comment um, and I basically said, how many people has this made a division in your family? Or mm-hmm. division among friends, coworkers, me, mm. yeah, many people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a division in, and it happened in our family. And um, I basically put it. And this was a little past the holidays, but I had been thinking about it. it was coming up on Valentine's, and I said, you know, uh, I just put that out there, and I was like, one of those question answer a question on your Instagram, and then you'd post people's responses, right? Mm-hmm. So somebody said, you know, it's been the loneliest holiday season and beginning of the year of my entire life. I've never not spent it with my family and this time I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I wrote to them and I said, you know, you're not alone. Right. You know, you, I have my phone number, my thing. You can call me if, if I'm not at an event, I will answer or I will text, you know, right. I'm, you're not alone. And then somebody else did it again and then said something along the same, same lines. And they said that they had thought about suicide. Right. And I said, um, I guarantee you that there is the, a huge family of people that are in your same position. And I know it sounds cliche and it's, you know, it, it just has cliche sucks. Right. But this is truly happening. And, and we, I can connect you to other people that have the exact same things that you're going on and, and please don't hesitate to reach out again. And we will get through this together and whatever. I, I'm not leaving. Those two comments, those two stories, those got me flagged Mm -hmm. for mental health. Right. Got me put from, from 75,000 views per story to 100 Mm -hmm. in a day. Because I said, I will help you if this causes this. Right. What? <clears throat> well, because you're not, you're not an antidepressant. Um, you're not Xanax. Uh, no. You're not a highly <laughs> addictive medication. Um, no, it could be. Well, you are addictive, but not in a bad way. You're a good addiction. Okay, good. But that's but that's why yeah. because exactly because you're not 100%. the big pharma system, and they don't want us communicating with each other, helping each other, and making a healthier community together. They mm-hmm. want to make you sick and then turn around and hand you the cure, like they always do. Mm-hmm. So I want to know. Or I guess tell people, because I have not talked to anybody yet that knows about this. Have you ever heard of the Biological and Toxic Weapons Convention of 1972? No. Okay. So now you know I'm going to look at this up and go down a dark rabbit hole when we get done. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you about this, and then I'm going to tell you something else. Okay. Um, that goes along with this. Okay. Um, so this was um, an afterthought of uh, the G- Geneva Convention. Um, during the Geneva Convention, they they said, you know, we don't want to use uh, biological weapons or toxic toxic weaponry in war because there's too many, you know, effects on neurological and muscular and 
blah, blah, blah. So we're, we are not going to do it. We don't want to do this anymore. Um, so the United States, um, after the Geneva Convention, was ramping up their um, biological weapons program, um, even after the Geneva Convention. And so, um, like until 1969, supposedly, uh, Nixon did away with it, but we all know how that works with uh, CIA CIA programs and all that stuff that supposedly Wink went away that never did. So, um, anyway, this, the WHO, the United Nations, um, all got together and they're like, hey, let's do this, uh, biological and, and toxic weaponry uh, thing and let's make a treaty. Um, so they're like, Oh, this is a great idea. Let's, let's go ahead and do it. Um, so then in 1975, uh, March of 1975 was actually ratified and, and signed by all these member States and, and whatever that are all part of the UN, um, that they weren't going to manufacture, produce, manipulate, destroy, uh, use in war, blah, 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 anything that was a biological weapon. Okay. They weren't going to do it. All fine and great, right? And mm-hmm. so they were like, okay, um, we're going to trust you like we we trust Congress to tell us the truth. We're going to trust all of these countries and member states around the world to tell us um, if they're manipulating, making, destroying, reproducing, blah, 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 uh, biological or toxic weapons. So you know how well that works out uh, mm-hmm. when you're relying on, you know, somebody to t- like the government to tell you the truth. Of course, they're always going to tell you the truth, right? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, so another problem with it was not only... Are they expecting you to tell them like where your bio labs are and all this other stuff and and admit that you're, you know, manipulating the COVID vax or Mm -hmm. COVID, you know, biological, but also you're working on Ebola and anthrax and blah, 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 and all these things. Um, So another portion of this go along with it is that they, they, uh, this is the thing and they're all going to agree to it and sign it and, and whatever, but there's zero enforcement arm. So technically speaking under this convention, it is illegal for them to even be doing this horse shit in any of the bio labs all around the world. <laughs> according to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2016, some smart people, We're like, you know what? We need to do an amendment to this to include um, gain-of-function research, hence what Dr. Fauci has been doing um, Mm -hmm. for decades with our taxpayer dollars. Um, Pandemic pathogens, hmm, sound familiar? Uh, CRISPR, Cas9, which is genetic splicing, DNA splicing, uh, removing one piece that's and putting something else in. Um, they want to do uh, anything that has to do with genome editing, anything that has to do with gene drives. If you've never heard of a gene drive, people, please mm-hmm. go look yeah, this not. up. It means that it is a genetic suite um, 
uh, uh, for alleles, like, you know, how you're A positive, B positive, you know, O negative, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. They can manipulate an entire group of the population mm-hmm. or affect a world population by by gene drives um so they could actually be putting this into medications into vaccines whatever to make your genetic you know positive negative alleles disappear or change them to whatever they want and i know this is fucked up but i'm going to tell you a little story um <clears throat> i was supposed to be uh rh positive um and so i was supposed to you know get rogam injections and and blah 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 and so if you're positive you need that as well negative i'm sorry i meant no, I negative because i'm negative and so uh, i'm supposed to get that and whatever anyway i had um a back surgery they ran my blood type whatever and so they did the typing at that time and told me what it mm-hmm. was and then later i'm I'm pregnant and whatever. And when I'm pregnant, my blood mm-hmm. type was different. And my friend who's a biologist is like, that's not possible. And I'm like, mm-hmm. have you looked up gene drives? I'm like, because I'm telling you, I have two different blood typings that were done on me. And they're completely different. Completely different. So anyway. So, I'm also RH negative. Yeah. We're and special. so so um outside of the the gene drives and stuff they also wanted to include anything that was um synthetic biology like I was talking about a mm-hmm. while ago. Mm-hmm. And so these are fantastic amendments to put in this this quote treaty. Mm-hmm. The United Nations shot it down. Of course. The who in the Let's, United Nations is like, oh, it's not necessary because we'll just we'll just keep it like it was written back in 1972, and we will just trust everyone. And they still have no enforcement arms. So according to this um, BTWC treaty, it's actually illegal for them to do what they've been doing, mm-hmm. as well as you know, of course, the Geneva Convention and stuff, which also outlawed mustard gas um, during that treaty, but the United States, uh, the German scientists that were brought over here and put into Harvard and Stanford, and then they came up with our uh, chemotherapy, mm-hmm. was mustard nitrogen, a.k.a. mustard gas. So this is not new. They've been manipulating um and doing things that are illegal and against, quote, national, um, global treaties. Yeah, international as well, yeah. For for literally forever. A- and they're, they're getting away with it because people, di- people didn't even know this existed, like at all. Not surprised that they shot that down in 2016 because in, mm-hmm. I believe, 2017, who had their convention and one mm-hmm. of the top subjects at that point in time was the fact that world vaccinations had gone in excessively down right and that was one of their biggest issues across the board was mm-hmm. how are they going to get that number up mm-hmm. Voila! here you yeah. have it 
couple exactly. years later. Yeah, so it kind of makes sense they shot that down then. And if and you then had, yeah, and Sorry. if you look up these, um, you know, like the Agenda Twenty One, Agenda Twenty Thirty, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. all these exercises that they do on these quote pandemics, you know, things that are going to hit or whatever. And then you compare those to when patents were applied for and Mm -hmm. granted for certain things. It makes you scratch your head and go, hmm, almost kind of like this was planned. Like they knew this was coming. Mm -hmm. And these are things that they have in the pipeline. And so for me, Mm -hmm. are, are any of these things going to stop? Uh, happening and, and, you know, new vaccinations for quote deadly shit coming this way. They're going to continue it always because they already have all these things lined up to go. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that's really important to your, your listeners is Mm -hmm. the information is out there if you're willing to dig and, I'm, right. and I, I really do mean dig. So Google is right. not your friend. No. Um, Google is not my friend. Um, but there are other like Brave and there's some, some other places to search. And mm-hmm. um, if you ask people who are in the know, like mm-hmm. nurses like this lady here, um, you know, it, it's amazing what you can um, find out on your own. Mm -hmm. I I highly suggest just even within our conversation that we're having today, people go and do research themselves, you know, on the different agendas and different articles. And also, you know, look up at the, we were talking about the other day that I do think relates back to our conversation is looking back and seeing different things that the FDA had taken off the market because of, Mm -hmm. you know, things that happened with it. Um, All that can be found as well. And it kind of, Mm -hmm. it does relate back to what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, this is going on at such a grand scale that it's going to take, I, I think something is definitely going to come out. I think there was, in my opinion, my very humble opinion, from what I've read from the Pfizer dumps and from what I've read from whistleblowers is that, you know, there was fraud on on behalf of pushing this through so fast. And, 100%. you know, there was things that, that could not have taken place if they were done the right way because you can't physically do them that fast. You can't you right. can't process that many of people in such a short time. It's not possible. There's, you know, a hundred thousand pieces of paperwork that were done in a week. How is that possible for one person to process that? You can't. Exactly. Humans can't do that. Right. So those things they can be found and and you know, for for people who want to um go down the deep rabbit hole that there's plenty there. And for those that, that question what we're talking about, do the research because I mm-hmm. didn't before. And it's amazing how much I know now that I never really wanted to know, <laughs> right? You know, and now you really need to take and maybe not d- become, because it, it really can make you overwhelmed and it's, it's right. really can make you sick to your stomach, you know, literally. Right. Because you start realizing what's happening to you know people you love and and people in your community, 100%. so we have to have a, a there has to be a balance of taking that and you know still living your best life to the mm-hmm. best possible, but also making right. decisions, maybe small changes and stuff. So you so you can take and this is really what I'm trying to advocate a little bit about is taking your health, taking ownership of your health back. Right. Um, they need us. 
more than we need we them. They need, need our them. money. Yeah, they really need us. They need our money. Um, we we don't as much as possible if we change a lot of things, and mm-hmm. if we continue to talk and share because they don't, they meaning the big you know powers that be or whatever, aren't super happy about us being kind of closing right. up the divide by sharing. And I think the the fastest way for us to close up that weird divide that suddenly happened within two years, it wasn't really there before. I mean, there was always been like, we got a little left, we got a little right, but it's never been this chasm between us. Like you'd right. fall in and holy crap. <laughs> um, that's never been there. And I think if we can do what we're doing now and just have these like really gentle storytelling conversations mm-hmm. that make it easy to learn something and make people want to look something up or want to look up, wait, what's glutathione? What do they want to do that for? Oh mm-hmm. shit. You know, what's NAD? I never heard of that. And just right. little things that, that I didn't know about that before. And I grew up in a family full of that kind of stuff. And why? Why? Because I didn't need it. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't something I had to take. And I think the more that we do this and the more we vocalize, you know, if you can on your social medias and, you know, stand up to your, your local government and be active, be active for God, love of God. So <laughs> let me on that note, um, <laughs> tell people what, what you're going to be involved with now okay. after this. So, yeah, so this, to say the least, changed my perspective on a lot of things and, and profoundly changed our lives. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um, taught my daughter the lesson that um, you can't control everything. And, you know, she's she has everything it, that it takes to be successful no matter what she does. Right. So I'm sure she's going to find something amazing and be incredible wherever she goes. But mm-hmm. we had to learn to let go. And so that was a one lesson is just kind of breathing through and not being angry. And that's her. I pretty angry <laughs> and because that's my child. <laughs> and rightly so. Yeah. Mama bear. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Super pissed off that um, decisions were made for her, not necessarily right. by her. And right. um, I started really feeling um, connected to all the people that were injured. And I looked up, um, to to make a long story short, there is MAD for Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. So a mama lost in early 1983, someone lost, a mom lost her daughter, a 13-year-old, to drunk driving. And it was that person's fifth drunk driving offense. Right. And so she started MAD. And MAD became the biggest, um, most well-respected um, nonprofit in the world. Mm-hmm. And then um, Susan G. Komen, her sister, started that for in honor of her sister. And if you need any kind of resources or information for breast cancer, you know exactly where to go. I mean, everybody knows, right? Right. And um, if you're an alcoholic, y'all know where to go. So that said, there's nothing for um, vaccine injured. And obviously, it's a polarizing topic. And obviously, it's something that um, the government and pharma doesn't really want us to talk about, but we need to, because there has been people that have been injured long before this one. um, And I, I am profoundly sorry to all of those parents who didn't have a voice or didn't have a place to speak or get help or 
there's a lot of like fractured little groups um, mm-hmm. with the ones that have been affected and have autism or, you know, the Tdaps and the MMRs and the flu vet, but there's nothing right. that's one place for all of right. us because mm-hmm. basically it's the same. We were injured by pharma. Right. And um, so I'm collaborating with CHD. We are trying to figure out the best way to launch this so that we can get the, um, it's really between, you know, with CHD, how do we make this to where CHD is known for children's health defense, for children's mm-hmm. health defense, but this is not about children. This is about children, Everyone. but it's also every last one of us. So we're really mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get that um, marketed and out there. Um, but the, the idea is to launch what's going to be called VIC, um, which was going to be Vaccine Injured Community. And it will be a place that, um, because I'll be a part of CHD, will allow us to have a spot that isn't censored so that you, if you are injured, you can tell your story uncut, mm-hmm. um, where we can also share our um, things that have helped us, the protocols that helped us. And if it's natural immunity and if it's ways to build your immunity, you're mm-hmm. not going to get in trouble for saying that. Right. So um, it's also going to be, we need resources for mental health. We need resources for weight, coping skills. Um, right. We need resources <clears throat> for the young moms that are brand new to a vaccine injury paired up with someone like myself who we, we actually did make it, we are making it through and mm-hmm. being able to mentor and say, hey, I got your back. You're not crazy. You right. know, and if you hear weird stuff from doctors, keep at it. Don't stop. Don't, you know, just because they're wearing a white coat and scrubs, they're human. And so this community will have basically a, the best way to put it is it's, it's a village. So, Mm -hmm. and they say it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, I think it takes a village to heal. Right. And so that's kind of the approach that we're taking at it. And um, right now I'm also working on uh, writing our story and, um, it's really not, I mean, it's because of Maddie. So when we write the book, it's really not about Maddie per se, or it's really about what happened because of it On the, yeah. and how we found this parallel universe of people past. I mean, I've heard so many stories of past injuries um, present, mm-hmm. and obviously it's going to continue to happen for many reasons. Right. And I, um, one of the other things that I want to emphasize with the community is um, it really has to be a place of no judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if somebody chooses that they need to get vaccinated as an adult or if they choose to vaccinate their child, there should be no judgment for what happens afterwards if something goes wrong, that there is no place for that. And um, there is no place for for shaming somebody because of doing something that they thought was the right thing because, let's face it, we're all humans doing the best that we know how. And so that's another part of um, why I want to do this is, is I've really, really gently gone after trolls <laughs> and, and people that think that what they're saying is super important. And I'm sure that they needed an extra hug or their mama needed to love them more in the past. I don't know what the problem is, but that has no place in trying to find health. Right. And um, Again, like I said earlier, there isn't a person on this planet that should be scared of asking for help for your health. And for whatever reasons, this vaccine thing has been a hot topic long before COVID. This is 
I mean, for those of you that don't know or don't believe in it, do the research again. There is so much, so much that has been shut down from the autism things to people that have literally lost their children. Yeah. So many, it's just, that's a whole nother day. Um, But that said, I mean, there's, there's room for, for grace for people and it's super important. So yeah. And there's enough shit already. I think that's beautiful what you said, because there's, there's so much polarization in the issue. It's like, you're an anti-vaxxer. Well, you're a vaxxer, you know, it's it's that, it's that whole group of things. And, and what people don't understand is if you have never, um, been vaccine injured or had Mm. somebody that was vaccine injured, it's hard for you maybe to understand. Yeah, but for sure. You know, if almost everybody on the planet has, you know, some type of vaccine or another in their body. Um, Mm -hmm. Some people like the military are forced, they don't have a choice and they get everything on the planet. Um, And so, you know, vaccine injury has been around since the very first vaccination was ever developed. And so, you know, the people that like to label you and put you in a box because you choose not to do so for yourself or your family, that is a them problem. That is not a you problem because you're doing what's best for, for your um, health at any given time, whether it be choosing to get the vaccination, choosing not to get the vaccination, whatever. We all have that decision to make mm-hmm. about our own health care. And so labeling or putting judgment on people for deciding to or deciding not to, to me is so silly because it, it is. And it's, it's very, oh. it, it's counterproductive on, yeah. on every single level. And right. I would say that if someone was going to ask me to give myself a label on this, I would say X facts mm-hmm. <laughs> myself right. um, only because of what I've learned. And that doesn't mean that down the road, I won't see something and be like, I don't know, I'm not going to think about it or research it or whatever. Will right. I probably, probably not considering what I've learned. Um, right. But I will never shut it out completely because you don't know. We have right. no concept of what's going to happen in the future. Right. But am I um, anti? No, because I'm never anti would say that I'm telling you not to do it. Right. And and I'm not telling you people that. I That's not for me to do. Right. Do I have an opinion? Maybe if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, do I have an, a strong opinion in regards to children? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I do not, judging from what I've witnessed and what I've seen, I do not think we are ready to even come close to kids with this in any way, shape, or form. I just, which is, I, the, just, I just don't. I just and that's don't. frightening because, you know, they, they just approve for five and under. Uh, I kind of want to cry because I, how would you, if they had went through what she went through, how do you explain that? Yeah. And the bigger picture, I think for me with them, because I have grandkids and for me, it's, it's the fact that they're growing and we don't know from what we've seen with adults, we have right. no concept of what would happen to a, a, a body that's developing right. and that just on a cellular level. And plus me. they, they can't tell you, they can't tell you grandma, like my whole left side is numb or, 
um, having spasms or whatever. They can't tell you any of that stuff at a really young age and especially, you know, infant age, whatever. Yeah. They can't, they can't articulate that even as, you know, toddlers, they can't articulate like issues, right. Teenagers or whatever do. And so there's no way to communicate what the problem is. Right. And so imagine how many of those injuries are going to be chalked up to sudden infant death syndrome. I was just going to say, yeah, that, that we'll be normalizing that again. Yeah. You know, which is, and that's that, I mean, then we can go on for six hours on this whole thing. But that's the other thing is, it's like normalizing all these issues that are happening, heart issues, or they were, they were starting to put things out that, you know, it can happen with kids having strokes. And I'm thinking, you know, I was a kid. Right. Might've been, might've been a while ago, not too long before you, you know, we're about the same age-ish. Yeah. This shit was not normal. Right. No autism, no cardio my what up myopathy, no myocarditis, no strokes. No Well no. and you know the funny thing no, about none. that is like um if we sit down to watch T V at night or whatever, mm. um the commercials that come out now for all these new diagnosis um mm-hmm. that they're making up. To mm-hmm. cover up the symptoms and it's like, oh, well, now people are getting like sun attenuated m- m- myocarditis or some shit like so- some just It was colder outside. Up. So now it's starting to cause a strokes. Some just some just made up bullshit that I'm like, <laughs> a what? You know, or something with the, yes. the brain or whatever. And it's it's stuff that you've never even heard of before. And it is literally to cover it's total malarkey. Their, their butt, kind of like the monkeypox. Yeah. And and things that are happening now. And I'm like, really? If you go back to the very beginning when they're mm-hmm. when they're talking about this vaccination, um, and what they were discussing at the FDA meetings that could be um, potential things to look at for this. You know, all all of the crap we're seeing now was on that list. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, I don't know, 85, like 150, nine- whatever. There was so much. And it's like, you know, the excuse, they're making excuses for... Um, a truly evil thing to have unleashed on the population. You're making excuses for mm-hmm. them to continue that kind of behavior against right. their own people. Right. And that's Which not is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So um, just to kind of end up with, because this is Maddie's story. And we've mm-hmm. gone off on a tangent like 10 times, yeah. which is beautiful. <laughs> um, she, because you of this. You can tell has gone, we've talked before. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. She's going to be, ta- so she's taking a fifth year now. She should have graduated a couple weeks ago. Right. That was rough. Um, she could have walked because she only has two classes, uh, four classes technically. Um, but she didn't. And she didn't because she isn't positive that she, that her brain is going to be able to get through the two classes that she has to finish at school. Right, right. And so 
you know, when I, when we talk to people about it, one of the reasons that I get so mad and the reasons that I feel like I'm not going to shut up about this is because it was me watching, um, take all the dreams that my daughter had and shove them into like a champagne bottle right. and then whack that bottle up against a brick wall. And you could technically pick all the pieces up and glue them back together, but the bottle will never be the same. Right. And, exactly. and so to me, it's, um, she's a lucky one. She's probably one of the very lucky ones because there's a lot of people that I don't know how they're going to make it or how they're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. Um, she will be perfectly fine, perfectly functional. You know, she may have some chronic illness type, you know, little, little things, or she may not, she may get completely better and this will be in the history and will be a huge lesson learned on many levels. Right. For that reason, I, instead of fading into the woodwork and being like, okay, peace out. That was good. I'm more like, holy shit, this isn't okay. And there are so many people that are left behind and abandoned. And need help. And yeah. And that I think is the biggest, most saddest part about this is that that is how these people feel. They feel like they have been abandoned. Right. And abandoned by whether it's family and not believing or whatever that divisiveness is, or mm -hmm. abandoned by our government or abandoned by our medical system. Um, on any level, if you are hurt, from something by the pharmaceutical companies, we should not abandon these people. Right. And it, it unfortunately, on top of being abandoned, it causes the financial issue in, in addition. And so there's, you know, there are now um, other people. Not, I'm I'm far from the only one who's seeing that. Holy shit, these people need help. There's there is um, I think it's called Real Nineteen. Um, I'll have to look it up and then I'll send you that because it would be a really good um, link that mm -hmm. is um, both resources and I believe even medical financial resources for vaccine people. I think they're looking for donations to kind of help people get their health care. Right. I'm 99% sure that's what it is. So I'll send that to you because that should be on the bottom of this because okay. we're help talking mm -hmm. about injuries. Right. And then um, when the um, victims, the VIC is launched, then we'll put that when a link goes live. I'll send right. that over to you as well. Fantastic. To to so let me, let me ask you a question real quick, because I, sure. I know that you posted about this. Um, <laughs> so not, not too long ago, um, you got a letter. <clears throat> I did. So, so tell them about that real quick. This one. I believe there's, I'll even show to people. Whoops. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, so this is interesting. So um, in April, that's about when we realized there was a problem. Um, I re I tried to get a doctor to one of the doctors, like, are we going to report this? How do we do this? And nobody would admit that, that it was a problem. So I went ahead and so, reported. So, they didn't, so the doctors didn't would even not. want to report this to VAERS? No. And I think this goes – no. And I think this goes along with the issue that um, if they do, then they're talking negatively about right. the vaccine. So and VAERS, their funding gets cut. For you that don't know who it VAERS is, VAERS is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is also a fucked up system. And yes, only about 1% of people report basically because of like what happened to us. Most people 
don't feel good, especially the ones that are super injured that are adults, they don't have time to be doing this because what I had to do, because by the time that I had time to do this, Mm -hmm. um, I had probably approximately 150 pages of medical reports, Mm -hmm. right? right? Well, they want all of that. Right. Well, you can't do that online. So now you have to switch yourself to a offline a way of doing it. So you have mm-hmm. to fill everything out, then attach all your documents, and you have to do it in a certain amount of time because mm-hmm. it'll time you out and you have to do it again. Well, it's a government program, so they're slow. So I must have got timed out 100 times. Mm-hmm. It took me about four, maybe close to five hours to do this. Right. Uh, 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. Then they said they would like um, the information from the hospitals. Mind you, that is on all of the paperwork. Right. St. Joseph Hospital on right. every single paperwork. But they wanted that. But they are then after having it take them. Uh, so they printed this out on 4-27-2022. I got this. June 1st. So it must have taken a long time to pack that envelope right. and get it in the mail. Um, then it they definitely got it. wasn't stuffed by the ballot harvesters. No. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm sorry. That was no. sarcastic. I'm not sure who did this, <laughs> but they're not very fast. <laughs> they're extremely <laughs> slow. And on, and on top of that, they would like me this is a high priority request to oh. a COVID nineteen vaccine currently. So you want me to rush my ass mm-hmm. and send you that information? So I did leave a message with them saying, you know, what exactly do you want? Because I did send this. So what are you missing? Right. Which I haven't heard back yet. We, this I re, I called them the following day. So we'll see. That was you're June second. You're like, I wouldn't have gotten this letter if I wouldn't have sent you the stuff you asked for in the first place. Yes, I'm confused. So it and so it took them it took them a year mm-hmm. to to even send you a months. letter, and now it's like, uh, hur- hurry, hurry up, up and help us and help okay. us. Oh, and um, I never heard anything back from Pfizer. And I never heard anything back from CDC. And that is pretty much the case with most of us. So there are a few people that have heard back like us. And um, a few people have heard back from Pfizer, um, shockingly enough. Mm -hmm. But we did not. And, you know, one of the things I was really excited about getting this back is because I really wanted to show I did do quote unquote, the right thing. I mm-hmm. did report and it's important to report because they use this to kind of say how not that many people are hurt, but they right. are. Right. And, and one more tiny little thing. I think a lot of people don't report because they think their issue isn't that important. So like if you right. have tinnitus in your ear or if you have vertigo that you've never had before, they think that's eh, not important, but dudes, and do dance. Right. It is because those all count as something. And as, and some people have it so bad that they literally want to jump off a cliff right. because the ringing in their ears is so bad. So the more people that know that this is an issue or, you know, the tingling in their fingers and you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, maybe I'm getting older or, you know, the mm-hmm. soreness or whatever it may be that you think you can write off. Right. Don't. 
Because if you didn't have it before, and this is the only thing that changed, I'm guaranteeing you that I think you might want to do this. And it's not too late. Even if you did it a long time ago, just backdate it to when the injury was, you know, like, and when your, your medical backup and all that kind of stuff. The other thing is it's really helped us and um, I've helped a lot of people do it as well is keeping that medical journal. Yes. It's 100%. really important. And even if your um, records are all in the computer or I mean on a digital, having it printed out so that you can yes. carry that to a physician. And a binder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It really helps them to be able to flip through and see because then they don't have to look it up. They don't have to stop. It's it's real time shit. Also, if they see all of that, it lends lends a little more validity to your cause, especially if you're somebody who they're not really taking you serious. It's hard not take someone serious with a thing this thick of I've been looking for help. Right. So, so. You know. Absolutely. And and I just want to say real quick on the VAERS system, it is a absolute pain in the butt, um, yes. nightmare. And the reason why I think a lot of facilities, doctors, nurses, etc. don't use it is because, number one, it's really time-consuming. It really is. Number two, they don't know it exists because... That's like the the industry's best kept secret. Um, they don't tell people that during training that, hey, we have this system that you should report stuff in. Um, or there's people that just don't want to know, don't care, don't want to know, whatever. It doesn't concern them. Um, that is why reporting is so very low. And I think it was purposely set up to be a confusing uh, time draining system mm-hmm. specifically for that reason, because a lot of that has to do with the compensation program that the government set up to help people wink, uh, to, to help them recover monies from, from being mm-hmm. vaccine injured. Um, after the government decided we couldn't sue vaccine manufacturers for any kind of liability and they have a liability shield. But the thing that people need to understand is that vaccine compensation program comes out of your tax money. So you are paying yourself back with your own money. Essentially is what that whole system is. It's like, and it's a, a very small portion of, you know, whatever. And it depends on how much funds are in there at that particular time as to what you're, quote, entitled to get back. Yeah. For me, and then for myself, I did it not having anything to do with uh, compensation. I'm pretty sure that, you know, Maddie's injuries weren't so severe that I feel like there's people that really need it more than her. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It was really so that we were not just a number. You right. know what I mean? That this this was our basically our voice Absolutely. in this. And you know, then when I heard after I did it that about one percent mm-hmm. are actually I mean right. what? And that even if that's, it was ten percent that's I was gonna pathetic. say one percent one percent is honestly a quote healthy uh that's frightening. <laughs> healthy estimate for that because if you want my honest opinion 
um, from all of the places that I've worked and all the different doctors I've worked for, I don't even think it's close to 1%. I mean, it is such a small amount of people that will actually report in that and use that. But because it is a government database, the government manipulates VAERS data in real time because all throughout that, the whole pandemic, (coughs) quote, wink, um, we saw VAERS data and numbers change in real time. A lot of people were talking about that. You know, you'd have this many deaths showing whatever when Mm -hmm. you log in and then while you're on there on the screen the manipulations happening and then miraculously all the numbers are changing i'm gonna cough attack sorry about that hairball right (laughs) definitely (laughs) but anyway i i am so um i i'm very Sorry that that happened, but I'm also um, glad to know that you are the mom. Uh, You're the mama bear in charge of this because uh, it takes a special person to uh, fight against things like this and to speak Mm. out and not be afraid to use their voice. And I hope that by hearing your story, Mm -hmm. um, other moms are going to uh, get involved, even if it's it fits in your local community. If there's something you can do, uh, wonderful, Absolutely. like anything you can do to get involved and and to uh, help get people through things like this. You know, I, I just hope more people listen. And, and I, sign I do, up I th- and it. I think one thing I I don't know about you, but at least for me, because I'm I wasn't super political prior to this. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I would call myself political now. I just pay attention more. Right. Um, one of the things I noticed is even the local town politics right. mean a lot. Right. 100%. I never thought they, I never paid attention to that. Yeah. And 100%. holy moly. So that said, like, you don't have to do what I do and, you know, make my shit disturbing Instagram. (laughs) That may not be your thing. You might have a job Um, and it might not be the best thing for your job, but you can make phone calls and you can make emails and you can write letters and things that nobody, so you don't have to risk your livelihood or your job to still make a difference and still have a voice. And it's amazing how one voice really matters. It right. really and truly matters. So however you can do it and get your friends together and, you know, make phone calls or, you know, sip wine and write emails and send them off to your your state assembly or whatever it is that you need to do that, that you believe in. But whatever your conviction is, mm-hmm. stand up for that shit. Absolutely. And don't think your neighbor's going to do it for you. Yeah. They're absolutely. not. Absolutely. And, and if they are, then stand with them. Yeah. And there's power in numbers. So, you know, and if you're afraid to do it alone, then, you know, get your friends together and literally let's do this because there is so many more of us than there is of them. Right. And I keep saying it. Yep. And I just want to say, again, it was an honor and a blessing to meet you, first of all, and to have you. Exactly. And to have you come on and and tell your story and uh, 
you know, what, what has come out of it is, is amazing. And Mm. I would bet you never in a million years thought that this would be your path. Nope. No way. Yeah. No, I was in such a happy little place in my happy little life, making my happy funky jewelry and, you know, my kid doing her thing and had a happy household here. Never. In my wildest dreams, I think I would be shit disturbing on a daily basis. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and I say that in kind of sarcasm and jest, but really and truly, my my hope, and it's a post I'm going to put on my Instagram, I've started to really bring up subjects all around. That's not just vaccine, but now just overall health and overall like how the government is treating us. And it's kind of broadened from just the vaccine things, Mm -hmm. but really and truly what I'm hoping is like to give a place just in my little neck of the woods, a where a place where we can start to close the divide. Right. And, um, you know, share our experiences. That's how you teach. And, and because, really and truly everybody just wants to be connected. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think that our, the powers that be on both sides have done a really good job with is dividing us. Right. And no matter what your beliefs are, no matter what it is, we are all fucking human. Right. And all we really want is to raise a happy family and have healthy kids and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that basically links us. So, I'm hoping that, you know, my, my shit disturbing, which sometimes is funny and sometimes it's like, I had no idea that this shit was going on. Like, what the fuck? Like, I've been, I was cooking in a Teflon pan and I'm basically killing myself. What? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like, just the things we learn on a daily basis now. Holy crap. You know, I, I wish I didn't know. But on the same hand, you know, I'm I'm quite honest. This is stuff I never knew, never cared, and I'm just the mom next door and I just want everybody to take a hold of their health and squeeze their families and mm-hmm. and freaking not be mad at each other cuz one person believes in this and the other one believes in that. Who gives a fuck? Right. Like, gives a fuck. Exactly. In the big picture. It's not it doesn't do anything. 100%. And the, the other part of it is, is I think that we really need to have, I'm all for civil discourse. Mm-hmm. I'm all for, you know, if you and I had a conversation and we were on opposite ends of politics and we we're explaining why, and you had your reasons and you're explaining with backup plan of why and vice versa, I think that's so damn important because that's how really cool ideas are born. Right. So, And you can, you're never going yeah. to <clears throat> come to a valid viable solution if everybody's just a yes person. Yeah. And you know, if everybody right. agrees and gets along and thinks the same thing, mm-hmm. there's no diversity of thought to be able to make a difference and make a change. Yeah. And so and that is why I disturb the every day. Because yeah. I want people to communicate. Yeah. And I don't care about likes and uh, I, I was caring about how fast this page built Right. I don't give a shit anymore. I really just want people to talk. Right. And, and you know, I want people to to come in and read what other people are saying because maybe it'll make them think different. 100%. I couldn't so, agree more. So, so where yeah. where can people find you at? So I will um, – so my Instagram is the most – the busiest place. That's where I'm at the most. Um, <clears throat> a little bit on Facebook, but for now, 
just Instagram. I am in the process with the CHD thing, build it, going to be building a personal page so nice. that I will have um, basically starting a blog back up. So kind of the things that I'm learning that I didn't want to. You know? <laughs> things <laughs> or, I'm learning that I never wanted to know. <laughs> I know. I had no idea. Or shit, maybe you should know because now I know. Uh, <laughs> I got to know it. You got to know it. Um, stuff like that. It's because I think um, – uh, blogs used to be interesting mm-hmm. back in the day, and I think they're going to be interesting again <laughs> so, mm-hmm. because we have to have a personal place to put our personal opinion. Right. And if we can do it by a website, it doesn't have it has less chance of being taken down. Right. So going back to doing that kind of stuff again. So yeah, that is new. But for now, um, Instagram is my main main place. Um, I have a spot on Truth Social. I have not really been over there yet. I got followers coming in. <laughs> I haven't even participated. Um, I just, I feel like the reason I like um, Instagram is I like the versatility of how I can communicate. Mm-hmm. And I'm super comfortable with it. So for now, right. that's where it is. So, so, so what's your account on Instagram? So it's Mara underscore Johnson 2.0. Um, 2.0 because the first one got shadow banned. And so I just like mm-hmm. had to walk away and start over again. Yeah. It, very interesting is that this, the 2.0 now has like, I don't know, maybe like 10,000, some odd, 10, almost 11,000 followers. And, but what's really interesting, and this is why I think it's important for people to know you have a voice is it gets close to 2 million in, uh, engagements. Right. Um, that's a lot of people wandering through there, conversing, watching, talking, um, you, bet. you know, sharing and saving and whatever. So that tells me that people are hungry for community. They're hungry for information. They're hungry for people talking to them, not at them. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not polarizing as much as humanly possibly. I'm very little. I don't do any of the other um, hot button topics. I don't. None of it. None of none of the super right, right, super left stuff. Right. I stay out of as much as possible. Um, I do have some opinions about it that maybe <laughs> I would take, but off of off of that platform, um, most of my opinions about all of those subjects relate back to pharma, um, mm-hmm. and I think that we've really messed up people, and yeah, that's 100%. causing a lot of this other stuff. So I I wish I wish I was in school and I could be a um, a PhD student right now. <laughs> I would be studying some stuff. Um, exactly. So yeah. so yeah. So that's me. So instead I just see things and I'm like, hmm, makes me go whom? Well, what, is, what does somebody else think about it? I so. I make a list now. Like if I run across something that I want to look up or whatever, mm. I'll make a list in my phone mm. to look up whatever. It is so long now. I'm like, oh. Right. And I'm right. old and my brain cells are like this big now. Yeah. I'm no, like, but that'll oh, keep your brain going. Yeah. yeah. No. I'm like, definitely. that's a lot of information. But I don't know. But necessary. Miss- yeah, exactly. So, so Miss Mara, it was such a blessing uh, to have you. you here with me today. I'm so thank you. So honored that uh, you shared Maddie's story with me and spent yeah. time with me today. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Yes. Um, so we're 
we're definitely going to have to uh, do more in the future because her and I have a lot to talk about. We do. You know what we should do? You know, it'd be a fun one. A super fun one would be the dumps. Mm-hmm. Because I have learned, you know, just the things that I have learned and my perspective and mm-hmm. you coming from the nurse and, you know, you mm-hmm. teach and all of that kind of stuff. And because I, I do believe a lot of people would watch that because a lot of, it's very difficult to understand, let alone find. Right. First to 100%. find it. <laughs> Except for the people that are sharing it now to make it a little easier. But I must have uh, emailed the link out. I don't know how many times. But I think we should, I think we should think about that because I think mm-hmm. it's a really – to, to make it come down to layman's terms, some of the things that were in there is it would be pretty awesome. Absolutely. And I don't know a lot, so I have some questions. I have learned some things, but I think we could. I think we could help. Uh oh, people better look out. Going to throw <laughs> the knockout punch coming up. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Two little old ladies. <laughs> we can. We can do it. Exactly. All oh right. boy. Well, so for me and for Mara, you guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode, and we'll see you again next time. Have a great Alrighty. one. Thank you.